0: Hello, and welcome to the G2 podcast. Okay, just while we are eating, um, we are going to unpack a bit of the Bible. So do feel free to carry on eating and drinking, but me and Aaron. My name is Hannah, by the way. This is... Aaron. Uh, Aaron is uh, my son and he's just going to help me today partly because he is way more entertaining than yeah. I am in every way and he's going to make it bit more lively and interesting. Now, I'm not sure if it's entirely obvious, but we're looking at the Passover today. That's why we're eating together. And so we're going to be doing it in two parts. So the first part, the talk we're going to do now is um, about the original Passover in Exodus. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be looking at the Passover meal that Jesus had with his friends um, in Jerusalem before he died. Um, and now, in order to look at the Passover in Exodus, we just need to zoom through the Old Testament very, very quickly in order to understand why we are in Egypt. So, we're going to do some zooming and we're going to need some help. Aaron, what are we going to do when we zoom? We're going to do this. Zoom! Okay. Can everybody do that? Even if you've got a mouthful of food, we're going to go three, two, one. Zoom! zoom. Okay. So... At the start of Genesis, the first main characters that we see are...
1: Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve.
0: Yeah, oh God, obviously, but then Adam and Eve. Uh, Oh, And then we're going to zoom through lots of people. Zoom. And then the next major character we get is... Noah. Noah and the flood. And then we're going to zoom again, ready? Zoom. Zoom. Then we get to Abraham is the next major character in the Bible. I, Abraham had a son called Isaac. Isaac. Isaac had a son called Jacob. Jacob. And then Jacob had a son called Joseph.
1: Joseph. Okay, tell us about Joseph. All right, who knows the story of Joseph? Hands up. Nice. <laughs> and who knows what item of clothing he was like known for? Peter.
0: A m- multicolored jacket. Nice. Yes. Yeah, great. <laughs> as per the musical Um, now I forgot to say there are some booklets on your table which kind of guide you through this so if you're a note taker Alex, 10 out of 10 already if you like making notes then feel free to use this to guide you through Uh, youth and kids, there's some stuff especially for you so do use that as we go So if you remember, Joseph was sold by his brothers because he was the favorite. He was Jacob's favorite. Parenting tip, don't have favorites. He was uh, taken to Egypt as a slave, and then he ended up in prison in Egypt. And from there, he used his gift to interpret, go on, go on. dreams (laughs)
1: Dreams. <laughs> dreams that's right
0: to interpret dreams uh first he um was interpreted dreams for prisoners and then more important people and then eventually long story short he interprets pharaoh's dream and pharaoh is like in charge of all of egypt so he's really really important and um because he's done this correctly he gets given a lot of power in e- in egypt by the pharaoh and then later Uh, His brothers come to Egypt because they're in a famine and Egypt is not in famine and they need help. And Joseph recognized them. Weirdly, they didn't recognize him, but I guess a long time had passed and he looked older and he was wearing different clothes. But again, long story short, after a lot of like drama that we're not going to go into today, the family reunited. So we had Joseph, his 12 brothers and Jacob all reunited and moved to Egypt. Now, it's really important to note that God changed Jacob. Jacob's name, and he changed it to Israel,
1: which means let God prevail, and prevail means win.
0: Thank you, Aaron. So (laughs) that is why they were known as the Israelites, because Jacob became Israel, and then they became the Israelites.
1: So my dad's name is Luke, so I would be a Lukeite. Yep, that's right. And the Bevingtons would be known as the Chrisites. Yep. Bobby and Cece would be known as the (laughs) Mattites. Yep. Uh, Beth's dad is called um, Martite? Martin. Martin. Um, but let's just call them the Marmon, the Mar- The Marmites. Yeah, the Marmites. <laughs> mm. um, so tell the person next to you who what is your dad's name and who you would be.
0: Yeah. If you were in a tribe like the Israelites, what would your tribe be called? Yeah. Okay. We would love to hear a few of these tribes. Aaron's right. going to pick on some people. Liz, what would you be? Oh, because it's Tony. Her dad's name is Tony, so he'd be the Tonites. But she says the Tonight's the Tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so unlike you, Liz. <laughs> Who else? I don't know. what would you be? The Whore Heights. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> and lastly, Eddie, what would you be? Say that again.
0: Tundites. Oh, Eddie Wins with the coolest. Well done. The Derekites. Cracking. Well done. Okay, so... When they all moved, it wasn't just the 12 brothers and Jacob, because a long time had passed by this point, and they had kids. They had sisters, they don't really get a mention in here, and um, wives. And so there was actually about 70 of them that moved to Egypt and were the first ever Israelites in Egypt. And because Pharaoh liked Joseph, they were welcomed, they were given space, they were welcomed in. But eventually, Jacob died Joseph died. (laughs) And the brothers died. (laughs) They died very gruesome. I said it was entertaining. So more children were born and the Israelites grew in numbers and there was a new king and he did not know or care about Joseph and he didn't like how many Israelites there were and so he made them into slaves and they had to have masters. So lots of years passed by. Does anyone know how many years they were slaves for the Egyptians? Morgan? 400, yet yeah, a little bit more than that, 430. So we're going to zoom again. Are you ready? Zoom. zoom. So still in Egypt, still with the Israelites, but it's now 430 years later. And Pharaoh is desperately trying to stop the Israelites from growing in number. So he orders every single baby boy that is born to be killed. And this is where we get the story of Moses. And we're not going to go into Moses' whole story today, but Moses was an Israelite, um, but his sister put him in a basket on the river, and he was saved by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was brought up like an Egyptian. So he was an Israelite, but brought up like an Egyptian. Lots more to that story. If you're interested, go watch the Prince of Egypt film or read it. Um, And so Moses grows up and God chooses him to be the leader of the Israelites. And he tells him, God says to Moses, the time has come to set the Israelites free. And he gently suggests that Moses should be the one to go and ask Pharaoh to do it. Now, obviously, Pharaoh is not keen on losing thousands of slaves. And so he says no.
1: All right. So after this... Because God was angry from Pharaoh saying no. There were ten plays. Can anyone name one of them? Simeon. Water turning into mm-hmm. blood, yeah. Alan Brilly. Boils, yeah. Nice. Just keep picking people Jeremy. Mosquitoes, mm-hmm. yeah, well done. Uh David Lund.
0: Locusts,
1: Locusts. yeah. Yes. Frogs, nice. that's right, well done. Kraken. Uh, Morgan.
0: The Death, which we'll get to in a minute, that's right, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Dave Mason. Darkness, that's right, yeah. Dan Farden. Hail, yeah, mm-hmm. good. How many left? I other? don't know, I have not been counting. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we'll just keep d- going. D- 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 uh, Suzanne? Suzanne?
0: Livestock pestilence, yeah. There's only, There's only one hand. Jeremy. Lice, yeah, that's right, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, we have had that, but yeah, I think the one we yeah. haven't had is boils. No, no. We have had that. that. We've had livestock hay, lo- locusts. Yeah, we've, we've had, had locu- them all. Oh, nice. Got them all. Well done. So. After, so that's nine if we don't count the, uh, the final one. So God is like, okay, enough is enough. After all of these things have happened, Pharaoh is still saying no. And so God says, that's, that's enough is enough now. And he gives Moses and Aaron, who is Moses' brother, some very clear instructions. He says, on the tenth day, every family should get a lamb. That we have a lamb. and if your household I love how God is so specific with his instructions he says if your household is too small to eat a whole lamb then don't worry you can just join up with a neighbour you can share, it's fine don't force yourself to eat a whole lamb on your own and the lambs have to be one year old so they have to be very cute like this they have to be perfect no injuries, no problems and they had to keep the lamb until the 14th day of the month and then they had to kill the lambs. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Just chopped his head off. Uh, and they had to do that during the night. And then they were told to take some of the blood from the lambs and put it onto the doorframe. Thank you, Erin. They had to put it on the sides of the doorframe and the top of the doorframe. And then they had to roast the lamb. They had to roast it with some herbs. <laughs> good drama. And then they had to make some bread that had no yeast in it. So yeast, um, if you've never made bread, yeast is what makes bread rise. And so on this occasion, God said, make bread, but don't put yeast in it. Um, and then everything had to be eaten and anything that was left had to be burnt. And the Lord even told them how to eat it. They had to tuck their cloak into their belt. So they had to like wear their coat and belt ready to go. They had to have sandals on their feet And Aaron's favorite bit, they had to have their staff in their hands. And then they had to eat it fast. So the Lord told them that he would pass through the houses and he would kill every firstborn Egyptian. But he would pass over the houses where they had put blood on their doors and they wouldn't kill their firstborns. And the Lord also told them at this point, that this would be a day to remember, that this would be a festival. It would be um, a celebration for years to come. The Lord told them that before he had done it, and he gave details of how to celebrate. It was very specific. He said it would be a week-long celebration, and during that week, they would not eat yeast so that they could remember this day, and they would gather to worship on the first and last days, and he instructed that no work would be done in that week. So, so it's an incredible moment of God being so specific with his instructions. He told them exactly what to do, not just that night, but for years to come. He said, this is what it will look like. So all the Israelites did what the Lord had commanded. They got their lambs ready. They killed them. They put blood on the door frames. They ate the lamb, and they burnt the rest. And then at midnight, the Lord passed through Egypt, and killed all the firstborns, not just humans, but also animals, got killed as well. Wow.
1: (laughs) So I'd be okay because I'm a second child, but Morgan, you will not survive. (laughs) 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 All right, so hands up, who is a firstborn? I've got a lot of firstborns. Okay, so sorry, you are all dead. (laughs) If Uh. they were
0: Egyptian...
1: Yeah, well, whatever.
0: Not if they were Israelites, but if you you don't, that's like, I'd say that was two thirds of G2 we just wiped out Yeah. And so um, Pharaoh had a firstborn son who got killed that night. And so during the night, he summoned Moses and Aaron and he said, up, leave my people, you and the Israelites, go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and go and also bless me. And so the Israelites, they left, and they left quickly. And that's why the Lord had got them ready with their coats and their shoes and their staff, so that as soon as that word came to say go, they left straight away. So, Aaron, guess how many people left? All right, let's, do,
1: let's do higher or lower? Okay. All right, 100. No, higher, much higher. 500. Higher, higher. 1,000. Higher. 10,000. Higher. 1 million. Lower.
0: All oh, right. I Let's
1: 500,000. Higher. Six.
0: <laughs> Not infinity. 600,000. 600,000. No. Bang on. Exactly six. No, 600,000 is the number in the Bible. So more than half a million people left Egypt that night. And that was the very first Passover. That was the moment that the Israelite slaves were set free. And they were released. They left Egypt in search of a new home. And I reckon that must have been quite scary in some ways, Mm. quite overwhelming, because all of those Israelites, every single one of those Israelites, had been born into slavery. They had never known what freedom looked like. And yet, it was freedom. And so it was hope and it was unity as they left together. And so every single year after that, the Israelites or the Jewish people, as we now call them, uh, celebrate it's Passover and they continue to celebrate Passover Yay! <laughs> let's give Aaron a round of
1: applause
0: <laughs> Wow how do I follow on from that um okay so Aaron couldn't be bothered to do this but so I'm on my own but I've got visual aids so don't worry so we're gonna zoom 1500 years already Zoom! So we're going right through to Jerusalem in the day of Jesus and it is the first day of this festival that we have just learned about. The festival of the unleavened bread uh, which is one week of celebrating and the very first day is called the Passover. And so Jesus is there with his friends. Lots of people have arrived in Jerusalem about a week before Passover to start celebrating, start preparing for it, to catch up with friends. So I just want to take a minute to imagine the scene. Who has been into the middle of York in the middle of the summer holidays? Oh, it is awful, is it not? All of the people. So we're imagining those sorts of crowds. The population of Jerusalem roughly doubled in size during Passover. People came from far away to celebrate. The streets were crowded. Youth, do you mind just sitting down for me? Thank you. People opened their homes to friends and family. Some people were booked into hotels or different rooms. And the mood was good. People were here to celebrate. But if you have ever been to a football match, you know that crowds can be dangerous and they can turn suddenly. Um, now, Luke told us last week how many lambs were slaughtered during the week. Does anyone remember the figure? Is anyone listening? Two hundred and fifty-six thousand. were slaughtered during the week. Now we've got a video of lambs. (laughs) I know. No, not being slaughtered. Ah, loud so remember before they died they they were 256 thousand of those in Jerusalem so you're not, imagine being in the middle of York and everyone has a lamb making a noise like that in the middle of summer, no thank you And since that very first Passover um, that happened in Exodus, there are now certain things that the Jewish people were doing to celebrate them. There's like rituals that happened in order to celebrate Passover. So there was a a meal together. Now, it's quite hard to imagine this, but I think probably the closest thing we've got is like Christmas dinner. Um, Because there's certain things that we do on Christmas Day and at Christmas dinner that we don't do at any other time of the year. For example, who has Christmas dinner at 3pm-ish, 2pm? Like, what a, when else do you eat dinner at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? But on Christmas, that's just normal. And we have crackers that we pull. Like, imagine if we just put crackers on the table in February. That, wouldn't, that would be weird. But we do that on Christmas, and that's totally fine. And we wear the silly paper hats. Well, some of us do. Anyway. And we have stockings full of presents. And so, we have got some idea of what it was like to have like rituals around passover it was a bit like that but there was a bit more to it than that so i'm going to run through what some of these rituals look like um so first of all as they entered the house we've got a little like help that they would all have their feet washed as they come in this is because they were wearing sandals they would have dirty sandy grubby feet so they would uh, wash their feet before they come and sit down Next thing is, they would sit in order of importance or in order of age. Okay, so, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask you to rearrange yourselves on your table in order of age. So, hang on, Sim, yeah. So, you need to figure out who the oldest person is, and they're now the head of the table. And then, just stay still for one minute, stay still. Alan, Alan. Alan, just stay still for one minute because I haven't finished. So we're going to, you figure out who the oldest is and then you go round to the right. So on the right of the oldest is the next oldest and go round until the youngest is on the other end. Okay, off you go. Okay. So once they're sat in order, they actually didn't sit, they reclined. Okay, so if we're gonna all just like recline, what actually would happen is they would have very low tables and they would be on the floor on cushions and things and they would recline. And this was quite common at this at this time, but in particular, it was a sign of freedom to recline at the table. They also they would then wash their hands at the table. And then there were four glasses of wine for each person, and each glass of wine represented something different. And I'll take you through what those are, but the four cups represent the four expressions of deliverance that is promised by God in Exodus 6, 6 to 7. Okay, then the head of the table, so that is the oldest person on each of your table, would then read from Exodus and would say a special prayer. And then everyone would drink from the first glass, and this first glass stood for "I will bring out." God said, "I will bring you out." Then the head of the house would dip uh, bitter herbs, um, maybe like lettuce or celery or something like that, into salt water, and um, and then they would pass, get passed around the table so everyone could try some. Sounds delicious. Then the youngest person at the table, or the least important person (laughs) at the table, I'm joking, (laughs) would ask a question, and they would ask, why is this night different to other nights? Thank you, Bobby. I wasn't even, like, practiced, he just did it. And at that point then, the head of the table would t- recount the story of Passover like we've already done, would tell that story of what happened. Then they would sing uh, Psalm 113 and 114. Don't worry, not going to make us do that. And then they would take their second cup of wine. And the second cup um, was st- stood for, I will deliver you. So the first one was, I will bring you out. The second one was, I will deliver you. Then it would be time for the food. So we've done things in slightly the wrong order today, but that was because we knew that nobody could wait for the food in this room. But then they would have the meal. So they would have roasted lamb. They would have something called harasset, which is like a fruit and a nut paste. And they would have unleavened bread. So bread without yeast. And so it'd be like a flat bread. Um, Then the head of the table would then take a piece of bread. And this would be the breaking of the bread. They would um, break it and then pass it to their right and then that person would break it and pass it on so it would get broken and passed all the way around then it would be the third cup of wine and this one is I will redeem you and then straight away the fourth cup of wine I think they didn't have to like down the whole glass I don't think we really need to be worried about this. So it would just be like a sip and then they would save the rest to sort of drink later um, so it would go third and then the fourth which is I will, t- I will take you as my people is the fourth one and then they would uh, sing again Psalms 115. So there was a lot of things in their um, in their sort of rituals of Passover, but also lots of time for chat as they eat together and things. So we're going to look at Matthew's account of this Last Supper uh, now, which suddenly has much more significance when we understand the context of Passover. So in Matthew, it says, when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. So it says, they're so now we know why are they reclining, because that's, that was the custom, but it was also a sign of freedom. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad, and they began to say to him one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. Now in Mark it says, the one who dips bread into the bowl with me. So this is referring to that harriset that I told you about. The, um, the, it's a fruit, a nut paste, it's probably more similar to like our chutneys or something. So Jesus and Judas have clearly dipped their bread at the same time into the harriset and Jesus uses this to say that this will be the one who betrays me. And then Judas, the one who would betray him, says, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answers, you have said so. So he's really spelling out what's uh, about to happen, but they still don't fully get it. Now, we all know that we've assigned disciples on the table. So just look around your table. There is a Judas on your table right now. Yeah, just have a little think about who that might be. Who have you dipped into a bowl with today? Some people have not been so good at hiding it. (laughs) So they continue their meal together, and then it says in Matthew, while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And so this is the part of the ritual where the head of the house would take the bread and break the bread. So it's an expected thing for him to do, but he changes the words. And so he says, take and eat. This is my body. So, he's doing the expected thing, but he's saying something unexpected. And so, when Jesus broke the bread, it would have been this unleavened bread, which was called matzah. We've actually got some. Something like this, like a flatbread. So, he'd take this and break it. And that was the tradition And this was to remember how the Israelites left Egypt with bread like this. Now, yeast had also become a symbol of sin. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5 compares yeast to malice and wickedness and compares unleavened bread to sincerity and truth. So it's like symbolizing purity. And Jesus is breaking this unleavened bread, but he also is the unleavened bread because he is purity and he is truth and sincerity. 1 Corinthians 11 reports Jesus as saying, this is my body broken for you. So this unleavened bread represented Jesus' body because Jesus is the truth. He was free from sin. So then he he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So at this point in the meal, we know because we now know the rituals, they would have had the first cup already. They would have had the second cup. Then they would have had their dinner. So we know that this cup is the third cup. Can we remember what the third cup means? I will redeem. Yeah. So there's a huge significance in this cup because they already know that this cup means I will redeem. And he he says, um, this is the cup of the new covenant. So again, he's doing what's expected, but he's changing the word. Now, the word redeem, if you don't know, means to buy back. It means to pay off, to recover. And just like the bread, Jesus' blood was about to become their redemption. He was going to pay off their debts with his blood. So in order to fully understand this, we need to understand our need for redemption, our need for those things to be paid off. The Jewish people were remembering that God had redeemed them from being slaves. That was the whole point of Passover. They were remembering that redemption. Now, we here today are not slaves like the Israelites once were, but we do get enslaved by things in this world. All of us at times take our eyes off Jesus And we put our trust into other things, whether that's what people think of us, whether it's a sport or relationships or drinking or food. All of us at times put our focus onto other things, and those things become more important than God. And this is what we call sin. That's when we don't follow God. And there is a punishment for sin, but Jesus redeemed that when he died. And that's what he paid for. So then it goes on to say, I t- Jesus says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with my father's kingdom. And then it says, when they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So I think what's interesting here here is we don't actually see Jesus drinking that fourth cup. He, it's quite possible that he didn't drink it because he says, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day. So it's very possible that he is ho- he's waiting for that last cup when he comes back. And so you see this, fast, this um, Passover festival that Jesus was celebrating with his friends was a meal that already had great significance in their faith, but it, he gave it new significance for what was yet to come. They remembered together that story of Exodus. That's what they would have just done, remembered that story. The, the Moses leading them out of Egypt, and they followed the rituals. And God told them, remember, to celebrate this day for generations to come. And so Jesus took this festival, and he echoed what God had done. He said, when you drink this, remember me. Rem- yeah, remember the story of exodus remember the israelites coming to freedom but remember me because it is me that brings you freedom and he says eat this and remember me the festival is still about the freedom that god brought but it's now about freedom for everyone and it's about freedom for all of us and we can take part in that today